Hey, Matthew, want to get nasty with me? Ooh, I do, Andy, I do. You like getting whipped, boy? Mm-hmm. Good, because we're going to work that body hard. That sounds so hot. You're goddamn right, it's hot. You want to know how hot? Tell me, Andy, tell me. Like 50 degrees Celsius or some shit. I don't know. Qatar's crazy warm. Wait, Qatar? What are you talking about? The 2022 Football World Cup. All the stadiums are built by slaves. What do you think we're talking about? Uh... Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Hello. Hey, Matthew. So, today's subject... Modern slavery. Modern slavery. Some things never fall off old trends. Yeah, I mean, also, we're all sunshine and joy here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about crumbling democracies, terrorism, and now slavery. Maybe next episode will be about puppies. <laughs> Dead puppies, enslaved puppies, non-democratic puppies. Oh, can mm. you imagine a non a dictator puppy? That sounds sounds both adorable and terrible. And there's probably some dodgy animes about these kind of things. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, modern slavery. Uh, I was gonna ask what made you want to talk about this, but I guess I was the instig- instigator for this one. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's something that's kind of been brewing brewing on my mind and nagging on my ass for, I don't know, well, several years now. I was about to say two days, but okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a while, trust me. Uh, I think the first time I heard about the conditions in... Well, let's take a step back. Uh, the main reason we're talking about modern slavery, the thing that made us want to talk about this, is the upcoming... World Cup in football in 2022, next year. Qatar. Uh, yeah, it's going to be hosted in Qatar, which is a modern slave state. And I remember the first time I heard about the conditions in Qatar. I, I wasn't aware of, uh, you know, labor rights or <laughs> the lack of them in Qatar uh, until I saw uh, one of those um, Last Week Tonight um, uh, shows. And... I remember back then, I think this was in 2015 or 2016. It's been a while. Uh, back then, they projected that by the time the first kickoff was made during the World Cup next year, about 4,000 uh, migrant workers would be dead. Oh, Andy, that must be a gross overestimation. <laughs> Right? Of course. Exaggerations. All these human rights organizations, they're all so dramatic. Uh, fast forward a few years, and yeah, we're in 2021 now. And last I saw, they had confirmed six and a half thousand people have died doing slave labor. Preparing and preparing for and building the stadiums for our next World Cup. I mean, we find a way to keep gladiators around. Yeah. And, well, for me, at least, this is a... It, it's it's weird, because I feel this almost personal shame about it. Even though I'm very, very against this, and I'm planning to boycott this World Cup, I still feel a lot of shame, because I love football. I like football. And uh, and you like dead workers? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a fantastic combination of several. But no, <laughs> but I like football. You like football, and it feels real, real shitty to have one of my favorite sports uh, so closely connected to something this atrocious. And yeah, I mean personally, I'm planning on uh, boycotting n- next year's World Cup. Uh, but a lot of people aren't, and yeah, like over the last few years, I've I've been making the rounds uh, through my friend circle, 
you know, the friends I have who like football, you know, just mentioning to them when we talk about the World Cup that, hey, <laughs> you know that thing you're going to enjoy so much? Yeah. <laughs> Paid in blood. Yeah, a lot of it's built on blood, blood and bones of slave labor. And slavery is one of these concepts that I think most people consider humanity to be kind of done with. Yeah, it's like something that happened in the past, especially probably to black people in America because they're weird. Yeah. I mean, Americans, not the black people. Back in the olden times, you know, yeah. when the world was still in black and white. Uh, yeah, I think most people don't think of it as a serious problem today. And often when it's talked about, it tends to be, you know, only in terms of prostitution, for, for instance. Yeah, I mean, human trafficking is still a much-talked-about subject. And uh, that's absolutely a form yeah. of slavery. I... But it's still, you know, talked about as trafficking, not slavery. Yeah, it's always called trafficking. When, Well, yeah, I mean, what is slavery? What's your definition of slavery? I mean, it's when a person is completely without autonomy i would say you know they they have to do what mm -hmm. their their owner I, th I think you know to be a slave you need some sort of an owner that dictates what you what you do yeah i'd say it's being when you're being robbed slavery to me is being robbed of uh, your freedom and uh, your choices and being forced to do things you wouldn't otherwise do without the opportunity to leave yeah, you're basically... A slave. Yeah, you're property. <laughs> That's what you are. And it's still a major problem today. We just don't talk about it as much. Don't don't look too much at that third world or things happening, whatever. Just eat your burger and watch TV. Mm. Wear those cheap clothes. Mm. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, yeah, uh, that's actually another thing that's gotten a bit of attention over the last few decades. Uh, sweatshops, you know, child labor. Uh, it's still a big thing. Nothing has changed much. There's a new scandal uh, like every they other can year. They work themselves out of poverty, Andy. Of course, yeah. <laughs> you might say work will set you free, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> uh, but it's no laughing matter. I mean, we're going to be laughing during this episode because we needed to cope with this terrible, terrible world. Uh, but yeah, slavery is overlooked. And uh, I think it's worth talking about. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Qatar and football. Uh, we've mentioned child labor, sweatshops, uh, human trafficking, that kind of thing. Uh, there's another thing I we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, prison is uh, one of those nice modern institutions that let you have slaves without feeling bad about it. You can feel pretty progressive and still, <laughs> still basically be a slave owner. Don't worry about that slave. He's a pedophile. It's mm. fine. And... Yeah, for those who don't know, uh, of course, it depends on wh which country you're imprisoned in. Like, here in Norway, <laughs> you're not a slave when you're in prison. Yeah. Uh, it's not like you can leave, but... Yeah, that's those are two different things. Yeah. Uh, in some prisons here, you can leave. <laughs> yeah, who would know? Uh, our, uh, for those who don't know, uh, the recidivism rate in Norway, uh, the rate at which criminals return to crime after they've uh, been convicted of something. It's uh, 20%, I think, here in Norway. Yeah, it's fairly low. Yeah. While in countries like, say, oh, I don't know, uh, the USA, uh, it's uh, 80%. Like, four out of five. Nice, they're almost 100. <laughs> yeah. America, they're number best. one. Uh, so, yeah. Here in Norway, one out of five returns to prison. Uh, in the USA, four out of five. Uh, but yeah, like we've just Prison mentioned... must be really great in America since they return. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they keep coming back. <laughs> must be great there. Uh, but just look at these first few minutes of the episode. We've mentioned, what, four, five different forms of modern slavery. Yet I never hear anyone I know 
talk about it. Uh, it's just quiet. It just seems like it's quietly accepted. Yeah, it's, I mean, prison is prison, so I'm not a bad person, so I shouldn't even have to think about it. And all of the other things, it's like, either means you've been kidnapped or it's happening to people on the other side of the world. Mm. Yeah, because uh, perhaps we should go through each of these areas one by one. Yes. Uh, sweatshops. This is probably, I mean, child labor in, uh, especially when it comes to textile and, you know, clothe the clothing industry, uh, you know, uh, child factories down there, down in Bangladesh, uh, children being forced to work for pennies, that kind of thing. Uh, we've known about it since I was a kid. I mean, <laughs> we've been hearing about it all our lives, uh, but it's still a problem. Why? Why, Matthew? Why? Tell me. Because you're wearing that cheap shirt, Andy. Uh, yeah. You, you should have been smart. Let, let's check where this was produced. I'm taking my shirt. Oh my god. I, I'm taking oh. my shirt off now. There's so much chest hair. Mm. You're just building my brand now. Keep talking. <laughs> let's see. Regular fit. Size extra muscly. Where's it produced? Fuck. Here, let's see. This was planned really well. How many children went into this? Ooh. They should have that, like, you know, 10 uh, children died making this sweater. Let's see. Del Fuego. Hey, Del Fuego. Isn't that fire? Yeah. Oh, keep away from fire. Yeah, that, <laughs> this is lit. <laughs> I swear, I'm intelligent sometimes. You should just have a YouTube channel called Andy Reads Things. It's 60% cotton. Mm. Where are the children? I'm actually starting to get rather impressed. Yeah, I mean... Is it not, like, on there at all? Ah, oh, shit. It's a Primark shirt, so it's definitely terrible. Um, I can't find it. Maybe it's... I can't find it. No. Okay. I guess that means it has been through some real bad shit. Uh, I'm going to give myself the benefit of the doubt and just assume this t-shirt is super friendly to the enslaved. Hmm. Very few slaves went into making this t-shirt. But let's not digress. I think we did, but okay. <laughs> yeah, let's not digress further. Uh, sweatshops, child labor. Uh, we've been hearing about how, you know, big brands like, you know, Primark, H&M, uh, uh, how they've been, and not just the clothing industry, but a lot of industries like Apple, for example. They employ thousands of children. Uh, how do they get away with it? Because... Even though people, even though we, we, let it happen, uh, I would dare to guess that most people really aren't, they aren't really okay with slavery. So why are these companies getting away with it? I think it's because it's mostly spinned as, I mean, well, two things. One, because it's happening really far away and rarely talked about. But the this other is... is that it's mostly spoken about as like, labor issues mm. like the labor conditions are not so good that's why these things exist and i mean long ass time ago they did back here as well but uh <coughs> i think what you said you said uh, it it's happening far away and the the keyword there is you know distance it's quite a distance away and that goes both physically. I mean, most of these products uh, built by slaves are produced in, you know, third world countries. Uh, so there's a physical aspect to it. It happens, you know, far away from us. Uh, but I think there's also a more abstract distance in that uh, we tell ourselves small excuses to not make it okay to have this slave labor but make it okay for us not to act against it and uh, well take apple uh, yes a lot of their phones and stuff they're built by you know slave labor but they're not these people are not employed by apple they're employed by third parties 
these companies they make deals with companies third in third world third world countries and those companies employ slaves they create distance in that way you get it you're frowning yeah. you're frowning against me <laughs> no frowning i'm, I'm me. just like uh, thinking about stuff i think i'm i'm pretty sure this is what was said but i'm not completely sure but one of the things if we go back to our good old pal bernie sanders yeah uh, he tended to disagree a lot with you know the trade deals that had been made yeah a because you know there was a lot of job loss <clears throat> and he was i think framed a lot by the media the same way trump was in a way that you know oh he just wants to bring all these jobs back he he think that you know we could just you know tear up these deals and then make these jobs that will never exist in america way anyway come back uh, and i remember him talking about you know what he wanted to do renegotiating the deals and he talked about you know a in the deals having you know uh, climate uh, agreement making sure that you know the if you were going to do economical deals with america you need to commit to a certain amount of you know i'm not sure if it was green energy or anything else but you know the other thing he said is you know using those deals to force the other countries to have a stronger union protection and labor laws and i think this is something which would be needed to be done to be dealing with these kinds of things because one thing is these countries are in a state in which people are poor people need to work people you know have no choice in this say it's really hard for them to get out of those situations when it's really really nice for big wealthy companies to get there and get that kind of labor like nobody wants to double the price it takes to produce something you know it's gonna suck for the corporation which either is gonna you know take a huge cut on the profit or and they're gonna happening or they're gonna have to raise it and then it can't be sold so often like you know if we're thinking sweatshops or yeah you said mobile phones we tend to have a fairly regular use of them we buy a lot of clothes like not like we used to back in the old times we buy tons of clothes uh, and <laughs> we i mean not everybody but people often get a phone once or every second year and i mean we could raise the prices but the business know the consequence of that will be less sales mm. because people will then you know buy less clothes and they will buy phones rarer and that hurts the bottom line but is but one thing uh, is the are these uh, corporations uh, making making you know decisions based on profits because <laughs> that's their primary motivator uh, but us, us regular people like we know so many good people is it just that we want our products for cheap are we really that simple is that why we just kind of hand wave this thing happening because like, like i said earlier uh we've been hearing about you know companies like h&m for example uh having their clothing their products produced in say bangladesh and we know they're being made in factories where children work like we know these things and we know they haven't stopped uh so like what makes us able to just you know I mean, hand wave it for some people i think it might be you know an economical uh, situation like you can just like afford so much and if you only live by on life's necessities you don't really have you know the economical luxury to think about you know it's like you know do you buy products in which you know animals have been treated well and taken care of or do you just need food then you just you know get the food hmm. and the second thing is i mean sure you can find some places where they like you know hey we have ethically made t-shirts or whatever but like it's hassle to you know find all those places making sure you got that for everything and you know it's not like you know there are three stores and these stores sell sweatshop shit and then there's everything else it's like most of these things are like this anyway oh yeah it's a it's so, a mishmash of dirty connections so it becomes such of a like 
you know, it's it's kind of like, you know, being a vegan or something. Like, you can do it, but you need to put in a lot of work. And a lot of vegans on the other side now probably, like, talk about all the importance. And, you know, th there's importance <laughs> in this. But the point comes to the fact that if you're busy in life, like, sitting down, doing all this research, making sure every time you buy something, taking the extra costs, that's an expense in time and energy and finances that not everybody have. And it's not like, you know, when you go into the store, it says, you know, ooh, two children died making this shirt. So hmm. life goes on. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're coming back to that key word I mentioned, distance. Yeah. Several different kinds of distance are and established. And I think, think also this other thing is like, you know, if you were to go study abroad or, you know, meet people from the other side of the world. Like, I never run into somebody and started talking to them that were like, oh, I used to work in a sweatshop. Like, if that was a more often occurrence for people, they would mm. probably think about it more. But, you know, we, we might run into somebody and they're like, they made it out of the war in Syria or, you know, and then we get a closer connection to that. Yeah. But these sweatshops, they're like, we don't meet these people ever. Like, Maybe yeah, we see no one documentary about it, but nothing else. Again, distance. Uh, and yeah, I think you're totally right. Uh, human trafficking. Yes. Personally, I feel like that's one where there's not a ton of stuff to say about it, because... This is ironically the one that I think doesn't have the distance problem. Because... By the way, it's portrayed, for example, in media, like, you know, it's it's a classical trope, like, you know, somebody's daughter gets kidnapped and, oh my god, maybe she'll put into human trafficking. Uh, and it goes back to, you know, the classical, you know, oh my god, what will happen to that poor blonde daddy's girl? Liam Neeson probably will say we're... You're about to be taken. Oh, I was just going to say that. <laughs> Any chance to quote Liam Neeson, you take it. Taken. And... I mean, it's not talked about as slavery, even though it is. It's like, you know, it's human trafficking. It's like, you know, it's not war, it's military operations. Mm. And it tends to be, you know, spinned off as, you know, something as part of the sex industry, which, I mean... Yes, it's true. Kind of, but... but, you know, there, there's a difference between... I mean, there's arguably, like, if you need to sell sex in order to survive there's you know an issue there but i mean it's in human trafficking it tends to mean like somebody took you and removed you to some completely other country and now have you more or less at gunpoint i mean i'd say human trafficking is to the sex industry what uh, what uh, slaves were to the cotton industry in the U.S., I mean, <laughs> so some people pick cotton <laughs> out of their own volition. Yeah, there isn't much voluntary stuff there. Uh, but yeah, uh, but you said you didn't feel like distance was that big of a thing. No, I think like you know, human trafficking. If, if, How many human trafficking vi victims do you know, Matthew? Because oh, I'd, five. No, um, I don't think I know anyone. <laughs> I, I I don't think it's like that. But I think it's like you know, if you watch crime shows or you know thrillers this is something that will come up in occurrence oh yeah you, you won't read oh, books yeah. and then you know oh and there was this you know mm. so i think yeah i'm with you now yeah. and and it's also you know this kind of like almost you know fear-mongering like you know if you let your daughter go out at night maybe she'll be kidnapped and sold into slavery it's 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 much more something that's real to, to us even though when we speak about it it tends to be you know part of you know prostitution should be legal or not or you know not in terms of organized crime and kidnapping yeah most people probably don't have personal experience with human trafficking but they do have a personal uh, oh, personal is the wrong word but they it, it's a talked about subject like you yeah. said in uh, you know in tv shows and films it's it's something it's a not uncommon thing to yeah uh, end up there while uh, you know sweatshops, it's not as <laughs> it's not a it's not as sexy as uh, human trafficking. Well, <laughs> so um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about human trafficking. Cause... No, I think the problem there is it tends to 
fall off the rails and go into like, uh, you know, should prostitution be legal or not? Instead of like, how do we deal with people getting kidnapped and then sold? Because that's the issue. Yeah, and also human trafficking is, you know, illegal. Yeah. Uh, in most countries, it's illegal to to traffic humans, while operating sweatshops is if not legal, then legally gray in a lot of these countries. It's not something you'll be punished for. Uh, well, uh, we mentioned several types, you know, human trafficking, sweatshops, I think there were four. Prisons as well as the prisons. Work in, workers in Qatar. Yeah, let's go to prisons. Because I feel like this is talked about way too, way too seldomly. Uh, here, like like we said, here in Norway, it's not it's not really an issue, but in the USA, you know, the land of the free, home of the brave, home of the imprisoned, more than one percent of the population is in prison, which is insane. In a country with three hundred and fifty million people, more than thirty five million people. No, wait, sorry, more than three and a half million people are in prison. That's like that's pretty crazy. Closing in on Norway's population. Yeah, and I'm not going to go into details on the many ways the justice system in the USA is designed to have these people go into prison and then return very quickly. Uh, but let's just say that it's not by accident that most that eighty percent of all criminals in the USA end up back in prison. It's it. It's a feature, not a bug. I mean, it's a really big problem in terms of like... If you can have a prison and you can have people do labor for free and then you can sell that shit other places, like... It's slavery. If they're not entitled to a minimum wage or it has to be sold like it was made on minimum wage, in the free market quote-unquote free market mm. if somebody has to make shit for free that's gonna crush the competition okay. yeah like why would you have a business with hired people earning a living wage if your competition doesn't have to pay but um i want to go more into the you know the ethics and morals yeah. of Te it. technically they have to pay but it's a tiny tiny amount yeah it's an insignificant amount especially when you know Things like commissary, you know, buying things in prison is super expensive. Yeah. Uh, but ethics and morals, because I'm pretty sure that, I'm going to guess, that the average American, I mean, the average, probably the average world citizen, really, uh, doesn't really mind that much that criminals are put to work when they're in prison. I think the I think the yeah, idea they, of you should have taught more about not working for free before you smoke that somewhat harmful <laughs> herb. I think most people they don't feel that you know you do something wrong and you do some work to you know uh, to basically apologize to society. It's your way of making up for it. Uh, I think that's the line of thinking where kind of made to embrace when it comes to for-profit prisons and yeah, slavery. And there's also a like, oh, it's, you know, it inserts discipline and makes them better suited when they come out on the yeah, other side. They're, they're going to, you know, grow as human beings. It's good for them and for society. It's a win-win. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I... It, I'm struggling to find the words here because... I feel like it's such a serious thing that's happening, but it's treated like it's not just not serious, but right. Like, I, I'm pretty sure you, if you asked every single American how they felt about their countrymen being forced to do physical labor while a private company profits off their labor and then manipulates circumstances to put them back into prison when they've finished serving their sentence. I think most, uh, 
a scary amount of people would have little to no problem embracing that idea simply because they think of they have a quite harsh view of the criminal this sounds like a you problem <laughs> yeah yeah but i think i mean america is a special case uh, the usa uh their mentality is quite a bit different from a lot of european countries at least uh but yeah this kind of vindictiveness that goes yeah. into how you treat uh people who end up as criminals want to see them suffer yeah i mean you want to see them pay i mean they did a crime you didn't do a crime but they did so they should they should be punished i mean that 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 logic it makes sense i mean it's not nonsense but it's it's like you've robbed the situation of empathy yeah and it's you know when you go to prison you go there because i mean a to be taken out of society b to be punished by you know essentially losing your liberty if it was you know pain or you know p- that kind of punishment like you could just you know take him out you know into the town square and you know beat him for the rest of the day and then send him on their way home like oh. if if that was the issue you could you know do it in a other effective ways or I mean, oh you stole a piece of bread we'll chop your hand off uh and ironic part is like probably a lot of the most defensive yeah they need to be punished in prison americans will scream of panic when they hear that you know oh my god that's a muslim thing Hmm. we're gonna get muslims in our country stop that and it's like it's kind of the same thought about this though yeah i mean for people who are so scared of sharia law they they sure sure do like sharia law yeah they sure do like sharia law uh the third point that you were gonna say it is i assume that the point of prison the third the third purpose of prison is rehabilitation i mean that's the main yes, purpose i would say but not in america no but that's i think that's what most people i mean I, even in america i think if you ask the average american what's the purpose of prison they would say what you said it's to protect society from the criminal it's to punish the criminal to show that their actions have consequences and it's to make sure they don't do any more crimes it's supposed to uh, motivate motivate them to not commit more crimes uh, through punishment sure but i think most people assume that yeah the goal here is for them to not commit any more crimes but the system's not designed yeah to, and it's kind of like for that purpose i mean this might be a bit of a stretch for somebody but you know i'm thinking you're dad and you're about to raise a kid that's probably gonna do a lot of stupid shit let's be honest yes and <laughs> can confirm <laughs> you know you're gonna make you know show that he stops doing the wrong things or the bad things and do the good things and am i rubbing my eyes with hot sauce on my fingers <laughs> fuck oh i like the fact that i'm i'm talking about how you're gonna be a responsible dad <laughs> <laughs> i was literally sitting here thinking oh yeah that kid's gonna do so much dumb shit and oh my eyes burning <laughs> Oh. <laughs> anyway, while you deal with that, my point is... Oh, it burns. <laughs> oh. When we're raising children, we don't think, you know, they're doing bad things. We'll punish them, we'll put them through pain, we'll scare them, we'll do all these bad things to them, and then assume they'll get better. We understand that we'll need to teach them what's right, give them motivation, help them when they fall, do all these kinds of things, and I mean... Sure, somebody could argue that everybody should know these things when they're adults and not go to prisons, but prisons kind of need to function in the same way. It's not enough to just beat people up. Like, if you could beat people up and then they would never do bad things, this world would be radically different. Yeah. How's your eyes? (laughs) (laughs) My eye is burning. I am literally on fire here. Oh, isn't that the worst when people misuse the word literally? I usually hate it, but now that my world is burning, yeah. Oh, it burns! <laughs> this was not worth it. Oh. In uh, what way would it, it ever be worth it? Y- you were saying stupid shit? Yes. 
<laughs> God damn it. But yes, I agree. You make a lot of good points. And, uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> Mother shit. Balls. Okay, sorry. Continue. Uh, no, I was pretty much done with, you know, making the point about... For-profit prisons. Yeah, or that's... Or prisons in general. Yeah, but it's it comes down to... I think this is the one we need to look about labor rights more. In that, you know... Sure, maybe people need to do some work at times at prisons, but they should still have labor rights. Mm. They should still be paid. They should still, you know, be a deterrent to deal with, you know, people just wanting to use free labor. Not to, you know, thematically digress any further, but I think you can easily link this to capitalism. And since we're talking about the USA, uh, I don't think it's that strange that, I mean, in a country where the minimum wage is $7 or something, seven fifty, it's a pathetic amount. Uh, in a country where the minimum wage for a worker is so low, so pathetically low, uh, I don't think it's that weird that a lot of these people feel that, hey, people in prison should be paid less than me, right? I think when you, when you yourself are so financially pressured, uh, it's much easier for you to, you know, step on the people even further yeah, below like you. When life really sucks, it helps knowing that it sucks some more for somebody else. Yeah, and I mean... Especially I, if they're quote-unquote bad people, because another thing in America is so, things tend to be so heavily moralized. Mm. So if somebody is bad, Punished. Do, do you really need to feel bad about them? Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you do a bad thing, you deserve bad things to happen to you. Um, it's a mess. <laughs> it's really a mess. Okay. Then we get back to the opening statement. Yeah. Qatar. Back to, back to the core. Uh, because sweatshops, they've been a thing for decades. It's been a problem. It is a problem. It's going to be a problem. Same goes with human trafficking. It's, it's been there forever. It's going to keep... It's going to continue being here until we legalize uh, sex work completely. And probably even still after, we're going to have human trafficking. Uh, and same with prison labor or prison slave labor. It's probably going to be a thing for quite a while. And it has been for a while. Uh, but the upcoming World Cup in Qatar, it hasn't happened yet. And I think that's, that's why I want to save this for last. Because, first of all, I've been thinking about it a lot over the last few years. But also, uh, unlike human trafficking, sweatshops, and for-profit prison slave labor, uh, doing something about this, this one thing, the World Cup in Qatar, is really, really easy for all of us. It would be really easy for the average person to send, send a clear message that this is unacceptable. It's very hard for you and me here to end for-profit prison labor. And we're not going to be stopping any human traffickers anytime soon. And not with it, that hot sauce in your eyes. And I mean, if I can't even find the tag where it says where my shirt was made, you can be damn sure I'm not going to be shutting down child labor factories in Bangladesh. But the upcoming World Cup in Qatar... I can do something about that. I can financially hurt the people responsible. FIFA is a terrible organization. They're a monstrous organization. Awful. And I can hurt them financially by taking a stand when it comes to next year's World Cup. And so can you. You know, by boycotting it. By refusing to watch the games. Refusing to buy merchandise. Refusing to click articles about the the event uh encouraging my friends and family the people close to me uh not to participate we can do something about it right now and over the la over the next year until the cup itself starts uh 
and we don't really get that many chances to do that, I think. I think sports is one of those, maybe not unique, but special things that you can actually, you can actually make an impact as an average person and without doing a ton of work. You mentioned earlier that it's a lot of work trying to change the system. I mean, it's a deeply ingrained system in our society. It's deeply ingrained in our society. But these events, the this, these World Cups, these Olympic Games, uh, we can affect that very easily and by doing very little. And, you know, that's just financially. I can choose not to support them and thereby hurt them financially. Uh, but it's also something where we can, I mean, take, say, take Norway, for example. Uh, has our prime minister said anything about Qatar? Yes. She what said, did she say? She, she stood up for human rights, I assume. She said the Norwegian Sports Association? Sports Association would have to make their own decision if they cared or not because she didn't want to meddle in others' affairs. Yeah, I mean, but, but it's not her place. I mean, she's just the prime minister of our country. Yeah, it's not She's like not, she has any political power or anything. I mean, you'd need influence in order to, you know, do something about this. You need to be able to grab the ear of every Norwegian in the country. What is she gonna do, Matthew? We can't really blame her, can we? Uh, yes. Yes, we can. You're goddamn fucking right we can. <laughs> Anna Sulberg, you are the worst. But yeah, uh, I mean... We can do something about this. To be fair, like, I think this is like a big problem with these kind of, let's call them global events. When it comes to things like, you know, the World Cup or other big, whether it's sport or, you know, some sort of cultural arrangements, mm. they tend often to be used to give uh, legitimacy to, you know, not the nicest of countries yeah i mean the olympics in beijing uh aren't they hosting the olympics again like yeah next this year next year i don't know it's it, it's t it tends to be you know a good way of showing you know only the it's, it's kind of like you know taking a tour of north korea mm. you get to see all the night side people smiling everybody's being fine and then everybody else tends to forget a bit about the rest so in terms of these, you know, big games or, you know, arrangements in different ways, they are, in a way, a political weapon that's being used to make a country either look better or make us, you know, not focus so much on the bad side. And especially when we can see the blood of just from the creation of this, you know, not only all the problems with the country itself, but, you know, just to be able to host the games, one would think that... You know, you would set a standard that, you know, okay, if you want to host games and have all the benefits from having a game, all the tourism, then, you know, we, we're going to demand this form of labor standards we're going to demand that you're going to be somewhat democratic we're going to you know or else we're not going to put the games there and you know politicians could be a part of this but you know to them they're used to you know going to not necessarily these events but you know big scale events are places where people shake hands and you know, people talk on the back room and this is kind of, you know, just part of the game for them. It's like the other conventions that, you know, when they're like, you know, rich people talking about rich stuff or, you know, tech yeah, I mean, companies. You, you have to plans. play the game if you want to be, I mean, if you want to, if you, if you want to be in our club, you got to play the game. Yeah. Uh, I get that. But if we're going to be a country that touts how how much we care about you know human rights or whatever the issue may be whatever virtue we're signaling uh you kind of have to not just shut up you have to put up as well yeah uh and 
by all means, <laughs> this is football. Uh, I don't think if Norway stayed home <laughs> in 2022... They're probably going to stay home anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, we're probably staying here anyway. We fucking suck. Uh, but I don't think many people would have missed Norway. It's not like they would say, oh no, we can't... We, guys, we, we, we gotta wait. Norway's not coming to the World Cup. <laughs> it sounds like a joke. Uh, but yeah, we're not going to be missed during the Football World Cup. World Cup. But... Uh, also, Norway is a very small country. We're very rich, but we're small. Like five or six million people, isn't that so? Uh, but... I know we... how all the things you know about our country. Yeah, I know things. Also, uh, just a quick reminder, I'm a school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I'm smart. Uh, but a country like Norway would have... Uh, so uh, my point is, uh, our influence on the 2022 World Cup in football uh, might not be that comprehensive, that we might not have that much influence. But Norway is an amazing skiing nation. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the Winter Olympics, if Norway decide, let's say, I don't, I don't care about the Winter Olympics, but uh, do you know where they're going to be next time? Come no. on, Matthew, you're a cultured individual. Skis are not cultured. Uh, whatever. Let's say it's in, in China. It's in Beijing. Let's go for that. Uh, if Norway chose to stay home in order to, you know, as a form of protest against, you know, the genocide they're committing against Uyghurs. That's totally and... going to happen after all Arna Solberg ass-kissing and human rights she gave up yeah, in mean, order to get relations back with China. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But if we did that, it would have a massive impact on the sport, the sports world. Because everyone knows that, okay, sure, France, France and Germany and Sweden, they won a few medals in the Winter Olympics, but only because Norway stayed home. I mean, we're a huge nation when it comes to, you know, ski sports. Uh, so... In that sense, we wield a lot of power. And that's that's why it scares me so much to see our government, our prime minister, and our sports associations just not dealing with the issue at all. I mean, like you said, uh, Arna Sulberg told us that uh, she didn't want to meddle in the sports association, the football association's decision. And that's deeply irresponsible. Yeah, and it's it also puts the other way. I was about to talk about that as well because you talked about boycott, and I'm not saying don't boycott because you know there's you, boy, boy, that's how boycotting works. But one of the big problems with boycotts is that it's hard to really organize things well. There's a reason why you know the strength of a union. And the difference in how it works comes down to how hard it is able to stand on its decision to basically boycott work. Mm. And, you know, unions, they have, you know, money, they have people working, they have, I mean, there's infrastructure there. If people decide, you know, let's just boycott the football games, then it's hard to know, you know, okay, you don't watch them maybe, but... Who boycotted? Who, you know, it's not like you know you have a lot of people sitting chanting outside the stadium saying we won't watch. It's, I mean, sure, maybe you could watch on a I mean, blind. You could do that, but it's, I it's, mean, it's, it's. I mean, then we need to go to Qatar. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, sure, you could organize protests, but the point is, boycotts tend not to be organized. It's just you know people saying we should boycott this. Mm -hmm. And then it's a lacking organization, which tends to mean a lot of people say they'll boycott and you follow through. By all means, uh, a boycott is not the most... Uh, but, uh, of course, it's effective in that you deny them some income, uh, some revenue, but uh, it's not at all the most effective way of, you know, objecting to these, these atrocities. Uh, like you said, protesting. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind at all if someone paid for a plane ticket to Qatar in order to stand outside the stadiums and try to disrupt the games, for example, or just protest the games, because that's a visible objection. And 
if it gets big enough, you could make I an impact that way as well. I think one of the better ways would be because, I mean, I'm not sure we even know who it's going to be yet, but it's it's going to be, you know, released fairly soon, I would say. Who's, you know, going to be the big sponsors of uh, the the games? Hmm. And I would say Budweiser hit them hard. Hmm? You know, going after them and basically, you know... But that sounds like work. I mean, it is work. That's and, the problem. People don't want to work. That goes back to, to what I was saying in, you know, if... If the prime minister, with all her power, can't be bothered to do anything, what can you do as a simple human being in all of this that just want to chill and watch some football? I think, personally, I think that uh, a bit of both is uh, what I think. Uh, boycott and protest vigorously. And by that I mean that, yes, I agree that just you personally and me personally boycotting the football world cup next year uh, it won't have a huge impact because we're going to be invisible doing it sure we're we're doing a little bit but it's not much so us individuals boycotting the world cup not the most effective way, effective way of objecting uh, but if the norwegian football association decided to boycott the event i I would say that would have a much bigger impact. Yeah. Because that's an organization. And if and several countries were to follow Yeah, in. like if all the Scandinavian countries, for example, banded together doing that, that would be noticed. So If the entire UEFA backed up. Yeah, I mean, if they grew a spine and did that, uh, that would have an impact. So organizations boycotting, that's a good thing and an effective thing, I think. Uh but us individuals, I think we need to be protesting here in Norway. You and I, we need to, you know, protest against the Norwegian Football Association. Like, standing in the parking lot and sending angry... Uh, and confronting them when they come out of the building. And uh, holding up signs, uh, calling them, emailing them, putting pressure on them here. Uh, actively protesting here uh, will will be probably the best way of make, having, uh, making an impact on this, I think. So that's what I mean by a bit of both. Yeah. Protest at home, boycott abroad. I think, and I think this goes for basically all of those issues, maybe outside the prison issue, is that none of these are things that can be solved locally. Like, a lot of the reason these issues are the way they are is that there's no root place you could solve everything. Yes, we know where the sweatshops are, but they are there because people on the other side of the globe wants to buy their services. Uh, yes, there's certain places a lot of people are trafficked a lot, but it's not like you could, you know hit some city and deal with crime and then all trafficking with human trafficking would go away same with you know these kinds of things here it's organization just accepting that you know we're gonna hire people and they're gonna die and some of them gonna lose their passports and you know whatever happens and it happens we're not gonna set standards for these games to go on we're not gonna say we're only doing this in places where the democracy or we're only gonna do this in these places like you know further back when there was more of a you know american versus russia kind of thing mm. it was also oh, like these kind of things were almost used as a, you know oh if you align this way politically we'll give you this game and then this will be motivation for you to get on the right track. But now it's more like, we'll give you this money under the table and everybody looks away. Mm. And this comes down to that we have um, internationally political system that's used to accepting so many flaws about the world that, I mean, of course it's going to be like this <clears throat> at an event like this because that's what it is and that's 
what it's always will be. Who are we to stop it? You know what we've forgotten to talk about, to rant about? We talked about you and me, the individuals on the ground. We talked about the sports organizations. We talked about uh, the government and pol uh, the politicians. Uh, but we haven't mentioned the entity or the people who might carry... They might carry, if not the biggest responsibility, then very close to it. Uh, the media. Because the media is supposed to be one of those entities that challenges what's there, challenges society. And, well, I mean, the only time I've seen Norwegian media mention f f in any real way the conditions in Qatar, for example, was just recently when a new report came out and told us that, hey, uh, good news, uh, those 4,000 people we thought would die bringing us the new, the new World Cup, uh, we managed to kill a lot more. Uh, and yeah, our prime minister saying, meh, I don't care. Uh, aside from that, uh, why aren't the media bombarding the Norwegian Sports Association, the Football Association, with confrontations about just this? Because and, it doesn't sell. Yeah, but the media. The media is a huge part of this. Because most people, they, if they don't see it in the media, they don't think of it as a big issue, I think. I mean, they want to like you know give them nice sporting news. And dead people is not nice sporting news. Yeah. Uh, holding, them, holding the media responsible is a little, a little harder than boycotting or protesting sports organizations. Because they're, but, they're doing their due talking about this, but it's not like, you know, taking a hard look at it. It's more mm. like, hey, this thing is happening. Also, the game's going to start soon. Mm. <sighs> what a terrible issue. It's infuriating. Infuriating. Uh, it's not going to be solved in this, you know... This climate where a couple of these countries are so big or so rich or have, you know, the amount of political influence that we just have to accept them the way they are. It's like, you know, you have a classroom and some bullies that just beat people up. But as long as, you know, they're accepted and everybody else shakes hands with them, nothing's going to change. Like fucking Russia. Ooh, guys. I really don't care about uh, winter athletics at all. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I'm, athletics isn't really my thing. <laughs> but winter sports, not my thing at all. Uh, but uh, have you been paying attention to the recent, you know, the World Cup in ski shit that's been going? Yeah, barely. Yeah. Uh, you know, Russia are banned from participating in, uh, you know, ski sports stuff. Did you know? Yes. Drugs. Yeah, because yeah, they're drugging all the time. They're cheating. But, I I mean, my girlfriend, she watches ski sports religiously. So I noticed that, hey, there are a bunch of Russians participating in the games. And, yeah, I mean, they're forced to participate under a so-called... Uh, I don't know what they're calling it even, but it's supposed to be a non-Russian flag. It's more like a default flag because, hey, Russia is banned. But your Russian athletes can still participate. But you can't do it under the Russian flag. But the fucking flag they're flying has the Russian colors on it. Yeah. So it's like just a big white flag. With a small Russian flag on it. And it's not like Putin's not going to congratulate no! you on Twitter if you it's win. It's the same fucking thing. And all the commentators, they're, they're calling them Russians. They should be calling them the white blanks. That, that would be something. These fuck, fucks are still participating. Because they don't, they're pushing them entirely out. I mean, a lot of the places where, you know, after the drugging scandals, like, you know, it's the classical thing where they like, they put down the banhammer. And then they walk it back a lot after, mm. you know, the outrage has died down. Yeah. 
slam it down hard once, then softer. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a terrible-ish subject to talk about. And, you know, slavery, it's such a... I mean, it's... It affects a lot of... When you get close enough to the subject of slavery, I think it hurts most people who deal with it. And I mean, and it, it comes down to, you know, this decision if you're going to really fight or not to make sure that every human being has freedom. Mm. It's about, you know, do we just care about you and me and maybe a couple of others? Or do we want, you know, human rights to be, you know, global? Yeah, because when it comes down to it, uh, because let me just, now as we're finishing up, uh, let me say this, that I uh, we've talked about it before even, that I understand very well that solving these major issues, I mean, we mentioned it just half an hour ago, you know, human trafficking, for-profit prisons, sweatshops, these aren't issues that you and I individually can easily affect, easily solve or even affect. Uh, so finding the motivation to do something about it can be really hard. And the idea of fighting this battle all the way can sound like a tremendous and just impossible task. And so I understand that. However, when it comes to you know, stuff like the Football World Cup. You can very easily take a stand for human rights. Uh, it's really easy and it will cost you very little. So ultimately, when you, if you choose to participate in or watch, you know, in any way support the World Cup next year, you are accepting that, yeah, slavery. I'm I'm okay with it. That's what you're saying. It's that's just how it is. And that goes for a lot of issues, you know. Sure, if you if you buy your clothes from this and that, you there's a there's a certain level of acceptance there too, but that's a much bigger, much more complicated issue. But this one, this is one specific place one specific time, you know, one specific year, uh, one specific sport. And you can easily take a stand against how it's being brought to you. And you should. We should. We should all do that. You know, it's... Instead of watching these games on TV, just... If you gotta watch them at all, then at least pirate the games or something. Just don't support these people financially. And... This is one of those smaller issues where you can make a small difference and doing that, taking that stand will make it easier for you to do that again, take that stand another time. It's not something you can just jump into with both feet. You have to, you know, warm up when it comes to making an, eff uh, making an effort and making changes. You, you got to get used to it. And... Personally, I think this is one of those really good opportunities for us to take a step in that right direction by refusing to acknowledge or participate in the 2022 World Cup. I mean, it's... When you put it like that, it sounds easy. The problem is, you know... Some, it is easy. For some people... This is easy. Football is a big deal. They might... Star Wars is a big deal. Not have... Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, I care about Star Wars. They, they might leave a place where that's... It still sucks. What's kind of all they have. They're, it might be from a country in which they rarely make it there. Like, you know, imagine if Norway made it to Qatar. That's going to make a lot of people a lot more hyped because it's, you know, what, over two decades since we ever did something like that. And then, you know, maybe you have tradition with your friend groups to, you know, go to the pub and watch. And it's not like, you know, you're watching home at your TV, but you're still participating. And Sure, but if that's a tradition you have, if that's, yeah, a tradition, then I doubt that you only do it for the World Cup. You probably need your friends to watch football, if not regularly, then... 
you know, other times as well. well my so, point is more that you know we, you know, we're not Wiggins. You know, we 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 pick our battles, and for some people, football is not where they're able to pick the battle. They might be fighting somewhere else, but that's you know one of the things they want to keep. Well. I could agree with you. If you were cutting out football forever, that that would be a bigger thing. And yeah, because like, I'm not very happy about the meat industry. I would I would like to, you know, take a stand against that. But it's just, it, like you said, it's just one of those battles I'm not ready to take right now. Uh, but it's a long battle. You, I can't just not eat meat for a day or a week and uh, pat myself on the shoulder. Uh, on the back for it uh, you have to keep it going but this it's once every fourth year and the world cup really isn't that awesome i mean <laughs> it's not that awesome you, you can go without it it's a huge financial event for the people responsible for slavery and you can hurt them by not participating in it so yeah i i gotta say i I think everyone should, because I understand your point. It's just, I don't think it's a valid argument to make that, hey, I need to watch the World Cup. Of course, if you want to counter by saying, hey, the World Cup is very special to me, uh, but I will stop watching the the Champions League or whatever. Uh, sure, but yeah, I mean, to me it sounds a bit weak, that that argument of, yeah, it's just... Because it's not something special to everyone. Like, I, I tend to, I've tended to watch the World Cup previously, uh, but I'm not religious about it, and I doubt, I doubt it's that huge for everyone else. Like, say, yeah, I mean, I mentioned Star Wars. I'm not gonna be paying for you know more movies about Rey Skywalker or uh, whatever. It's, uh, yeah, it's Pirate Bay. Looking forward to that Ryan Johnson trilogy, are we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. I, I don't think that's happening. But, yeah, uh, that's how I feel about it. Slavery bad, okay? <laughs> you know what you can participate in? Reviewing our podcast on whatever host you're listening at. Yeah. That's a thing you can do, and... You could tweet at us if you like Andy having hot sauce in his eyes. Tweet at us and we can make it a regular thing. It stopped burning. It feels so nice. <laughs> Two functioning eyes. Ooh, privilege. <laughs> White privilege. Uh, so yeah, look us up on Twitter. Uh, please send us some feedback, uh, reviews. Uh, anything five stars or above is acceptable. Uh, otherwise, stay home, boycott uh, the other four stars. Uh, so yeah, give us a shout, some feedback, yell at us, subscribe, call is, us nasty things. Does it, is it subscribe? Is it follow? I don't really know. Follow, subscribe, worship, do it all. Yes. All right. We're out.